This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now today is day 539 since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Many people felt, including Putin, believed that this operation would be successful and that it would be successful in a matter of days rather than months or indeed at this stage 18 months. That hasn't happened. Ukraine have fought valiantly. The story is not on the front pages every day, mainly because of the activities around uh, Donald Trump, uh, former president of the United States, who may be the next president of the United States, and he's pushing the Russia-Ukraine conflict to the inside pages of newspapers and down the line on most um, television and radio broadcasts. But it is this raid on Ukraine, this attempt to destroy Ukraine, still the biggest story in the world, the one with the most potential for disaster. And it has, of course, a link, because if Donald Trump was to become the next president of the United States when they vote in 2024, imprecisely, 15 months' time, then uh, it's difficult to know what kind of world we would be living in. Throughout this conflict, uh, Dmitry Olovsky has been our guide to the mood in Russia, to what Russians are feeling. Dmitry is chief editor for the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live. Before this conflict, he was deputy editor-in-chief for TV Rain in Moscow. He moved to Lithuania when the war began, and independent media outlets, uh, including TV Rain, were closed down ac- across Russia. So he is a very good reporter and journalist and a very brave one. Dmitry, you're welcome to The Stand. We've just learned uh, in the last few minutes, thanks to you, that there has been a major development in Moscow today. Russia's General Sergei Sorovakin who is known as General Armageddon for the things he did in Syria, for in particular 
Uh, he has been removed from the military leadership and he is now under house arrest. What's the significance of this? Well, hi, and uh, thank you very much for, for having me. This is a huge pleasure. Um, concerning uh, Mr. Sorovikin, I guess that this is uh, quite important. Uh, but uh, the importance of it is that uh, uh, we still get news about this gentleman. We still do know what's going on him. Um, the American journalists from Politico are saying that he is indeed under um, uh, home arrest. He is not arrested, but he's taken off from uh, his leading role in uh, the Ukrainian war. Uh, but uh, some sources say that uh, he might be back. And uh, this is actually quite audible. This is uh, what raises uh, questions actually inside me, uh, because I don't see any reasons for him to come back. And this is not, not the way how the totalitarian machine works. If it punishes somebody, uh, he will be punished, and he will be punished till, till the end of uh, his days. Uh, yes. the, uh, the totalitarian machine it has no mercy, and it uh, has no sympathy uh, to such people as uh, Surovikin, because we know that Putin um, he actually never uh, can uh, feel anything good about uh, betrayers, and uh, he's got no sympathy about it. Now, uh, we do know that Sorovkin was close, or was said to be close, to Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of the mercenary group, uh, the Wagner Group, and he hadn't been seen in public since the Wagner Group marched on Moscow in June, got within 200 kilometers, and it seemed as if there could be a move against Putin. So is there a link between Sorovakin and Prigozhin, and if Sorovakin is under house arrest, does it have any implications for the relationship between the Wagner Group and uh, Putin? Uh, well, let me slightly correct you, man, uh, yes. because uh, Prigozhin has a, a very different path, um, unlikely, un unlike uh, Mr. Sorovakin. And uh, we've seen Prigozhin for a number of times after uh, his uh, coup late uh, June. Uh, for instance, we have seen him in uh, St. Petersburg uh, during the summit Africa-Russia, uh, where he was uh, meeting some uh, officials from the Central African Republic and um, other government officials from other African countries. Uh, we know that he, he is now settled in uh, Belarus, uh, that his mercenaries are there, and they are actually giving uh, many inconvenience to uh, some European leaders, for instance, for a Polish government, because uh, every almost every weekend we do get reports from Warsaw uh, that uh, they actually uh, witness some sort of a weird military activity on the borderline between Belarus and uh, between uh, between Belarus and Poland. Yes. Uh, we also are aware that uh, Prigozhin uh, is a very powerful man in Africa, and uh, he has his own interests there, and uh, mainly in the Central African Republic, which I've already mentioned. Uh, and so we know that uh, his uh, mercenaries from BMC Wagner are dreaming to go back to Africa, and um, so does he as well. Uh, but uh, his um, friendship, his uh, brotherhood uh, with Mr. Surovikin, I think it's over now because uh, it looks like Surovikin has lost everything. Yes, uh, he has no power. 
uh, we haven't seen him uh, since the beginning of the coup. Uh, and, uh, and, and Prigozhin, he's uh, still on the horse. He's still doing what he wants. Yes. Uh, he's, we, we still can um, uh, follow his private jet who is traveling from Belarus to Russia, back to Belarus, maybe to Africa as well. So uh, these two fades um, are, are very different. Right. And we do know that uh, Poland moved a lot of troops and equipment to the border they have. Uh, with uh, Belarus. We also know that another prominent general, Popov, he's also been taken out and hasn't been seen. This unrest around Putin, what does it tell us about how stable the Russian leadership is? Uh, This unrest is not around Putin. Uh, it's uh, many dozens levels uh, down. Okay. Uh, the president of 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 Russia. Right. And uh, still, it's very important. Still, we have to watch it uh, closely and very attentively, uh, because um, it gives us an understanding of what is going on in uh, Russian army. Uh, though I guess uh, Putin and uh, Minister Shoigu, uh, they are still pretty stable uh, from the uh, point of view of um, some global processes. Uh, but yes, indeed, we haven't seen uh, Ivan Popov, the general Sparta, um, as we also can refer him, uh, yeah. for quite a long time when he first addressed uh, his soldiers or his gladiators, as he said, yes. uh, concerning uh, the lack of uh, munition and um, uh, and um, the absence of uh, rotation of his soldiers. Uh, but uh, since then, we haven't seen any other uh, high-ranked generals uh, with some addresses or uh, with some um, uh, signs of uh, unrest. But that does mean that uh, nothing is going on. Uh, let me remind you that uh, the Ukrainian counteroffensive operation is uh, still ongoing. Uh, that uh, Russian economy is not feeling uh, very well these days, uh, because uh, now one uh, one American dollar costs 100 Russian rubles, yes. and uh, this is quite important. This is important also from the uh, psychological point of view. And yes, uh, yesterday, Dmitry, the Russian Central Bank it raised its key interest rate by three three point five percentage points, and it's now up to twelve percent which is an extraordinary number, and the ruple, uh, as you just pointed out, has fallen below the US dollar, 100 to the US dollar. Is that a sign? First of all, will that affect ordinary Russian people? And secondly, if they feel affected and if they are feeling poorer, will that affect their attitude to the regime? Uh, it will definitely affect Russian people because uh, credits uh, will be a lot more expensive than they are now. And uh, credits both for uh, common people and for financial institutions, for banks, for businesses. Uh, and hence, it will be, um, uh, it will be uh, more complicated uh, to buy something, to spend money in Russia. Uh, I don't think that uh, it's uh, in, in that in like in, in the brain of uh, like a Russian person, average one, uh, it will be connected uh, with the war. 
but uh, you know because people are trying to escape reality nowadays uh, but uh, it will definitely hit uh, their budgets it will definitely hit their fridges and uh, you know we've been talking about uh, the war between um, uh, refrigerator fridge and yes. TV and TV and uh, because on TV you have propaganda but in the fridge you have your food Yes. Uh, so these days, I think that uh, uh, who will win, I guess, the person who will be able to buy something, yes. a fridge or a TV set or uh, something to put inside the fridge. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, not many people in Russia and in Moscow are getting their salary these days in dollars or in euros. But um, this uh, the exchange, of uh, course, is something that uh, people are aware of. Because yes. there are um, hundreds, thousands of uh, exchange points in Moscow. There, they used to be literally in every building, in every house in Moscow. And I still remember that when you commute to work, when you commute to office, you pass by like a good dozen of uh, these uh, exchange points. And you are kind of aware of the exchange rate. Uh, so you still remember that um, like a year ago, it was 60. And I think around 10 or 15 years ago, it was 30, 30 rubles per dollar. Yes. So now it's 100. And I think that even a person who is not very good in economics and in counting money, he still kind of sees this difference, these signs. And uh, it kind of makes him think that something is going wrong. And I hope that they will think that the, the, the reason is, uh, is in Ukraine and in uh, Russian war in Ukraine. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast, Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for Another Bite in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're listening to right now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Let me ask you, uh, Dimitri, about what's happening in the United States of America with Donald Trump. 
Yesterday, he faced his fourth criminal indictment. And of course, he is almost certain to be the Republican nominee for the presidency uh, next November. How important is it for Putin that Trump becomes the next American president? Because he has said, uh, and his supporters have said, that they should get out of Ukraine. It's none of their business, and really, that is um, a real worry and a real concern for the West. Well, Trump uh, is the worst thing that uh, could happen in America uh, in in terms of um, uh, the events in Ukraine. Yes. Um, this will be a disaster, actually. Yes. And uh, lots of Russian propaganda and uh, United Russia Party members and government members, they are dreaming that Trump uh, will be back in the White House yes. and uh, will decide to stop helping Ukraine. Uh, I know that there are many Russian uh, TV shows currently covering the uh, pre-election campaign in uh, in the United States, uh, and uh, they are all saying that Trump is ours. Like yes. there was a narrative that Crimea is ours now, Trump is ours. Yes, that uh, he's uh, some sort of a sleeping KGB agent uh, in Washington who is uh, about to start acting. Uh, so this is the, the current narrative in uh, Russian media. Uh, and we know that, uh, uh, he's not that simple. And, uh, we know that, uh, he cannot be named as like, uh, one of the closest friends of uh, Putin, like Berlusconi or like Gerhard Schroeder. But they still do have some very good, uh, relations. But Trump yes. is a businessman. And uh, if he will decide that um, something is uh, hurting his own business interests, I'm sure that he will not get into it. Now, uh, there is speculation, Dmitry, and I'd like your your view on it, that this conflict, it, there was a spring offensive that Ukraine were supposed to launch that would be very effective with the new weapons they have, German tanks and so on. It has been very difficult for Ukraine on the battlefield. They've made a little progress, but not the kind of progress that they need to make in this window of opportunity before the winter. And Russia has laid minefields, trenches, and defenses that are, that appear to be working. So my question is really about the morale around the battlefield, what's happening on the battlefield, and whether Russia feels that it is not losing, as people predicted, uh, in this particular uh, battlefield. Well, we now see that uh, the war is going uh, to last um, for a long time. And uh, it actually uh, starts to remind us uh, more and more the war between Iran and Iraq that uh, lasted for 10 years, I guess. Yes. And um, the counteroffensive operation of Ukrainian, um, of, of Ukraine, uh, is um, not something to happen fast and successfully. And Russians um, have prepared themselves. As yes. you mentioned, uh, the old, old good tactics of World War One with the uh, minefields. Uh, this still actually works. And yes. uh, 
This is uh, this is insane, actually, because uh, uh, Western, collective Western Europe, had provided Ukraine with some modern uh, weapons, with tanks, um, with missile missiles, uh, but uh, Russians still act uh, like it's uh, the beginning of twentieth century, not twenty uh, first. And uh, this actually what really surprises me: uh, the old tactics they they use uh, still works, and it still beats uh, all the smart gadgets and. The technologies and and etc etc et uh, but uh, on the other hand we see that um, there are explosions on the territory of Russia every day uh, it happens uh, from um, on, on different bases actually uh, Ukrainians still keep on their attempts uh, to um, you know, dismantle the Kerch or Crimea bridge uh, there are some uh, actions in Moscow uh, involving both um, Mm, diversions and uh, both uh, uh, attempts of uh, drone attacks. And uh, this is actually also quite important because this is also a part of a uh, counteroffensive Ukrainian operation. Yes, and the, the Kirsch uh, bridge is a project, a vanity project for Putin. He ordered it to be built. He did the first uh, journey by car. It's four miles long, I think, or four kilometers long. It is a very symbolic bridge and it has survived Ukraine attempts to destroy it. Yes, precisely. And um, I believe that Ukrainians will keep on uh, bombing it um, as, um, as, as, as much as they actually can. And uh, what surprises me as well concerning the Kerch Bridge and the Crimea Bridge, well, it's the same, uh, that uh, people from Russia are still using it to spend their vacation in Crimea. Yes. This is crazy. I mean, uh, I, I, I can't explain it. People uh, are trying to escape reality in, in such dangerous ways. I mean, there are like um, other resorts on Black Sea, Sochi or whatever. They could go there, but they still travel to Crimea. Despite of Ukrainians uh, bombing and shooting uh, Ukrainian uh, Crimean uh, bridge and um, um, other objects in on the territory of Crimea, and you know what? Uh, Russian officials said, "Okay, we do know that traveling through the bridge is um, quite uh, dangerous, so we um, offer you another uh, route uh, through the occupied territories, yes. through Mariupol, through uh, Lugansk region. Uh, this is." Uh, I, I cannot believe this. I mean, yeah. these um, territories are on the uh, front line, and um, uh, being bombed there is uh, it's not like something unusual. So, yeah, this is, this is crazy. Let me ask you about Putin and his position as the leader, particularly uh, his relationship with Prigozhin, who, as recently as June, uh, was marching on... Moscow, and there was a possibility that he would try to overthrow uh, Putin. First of all, is that accurate? That the, what we learn in the West is that Prigozhin and the Wagner Group were marching towards Moscow. They stopped 200 kilometers. They had taken over a city, and there was there were images of the people in the city smiling 
getting selfies with him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, he, and he was loving it. He was in a car. And I'm not, I can't remember the name Rostov. of this. Rostov. Rostov, that's Pondon, it. Yeah. A city of over a million people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was able to walk around and be mobbed like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that, uh, fair enough. I, I agree with the, everything you said, uh, but I guess that uh, people were um, waving him and giving him and his thugs uh, flowers uh, uh, and smiling and cheering them up, but not not because they treated him as a hero, as um, as um, as a revolutionary. Okay, uh, but because um, it's like he's a celebrity. A celebrity, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. a pop star came to to the Rostov region, and um, the the people who live there they have a chance to talk to him, to touch him. I don't think that uh, there's a lot about politics. I think that it's a uh, um, kind of southern Russian city, a uh, quite 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 big one, but uh, something happened there. You know, something that nobody was expecting happening like like these days, like these minutes currently, like in front of my window. Wow. I mean, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get a selfie. Yes. I'm going to say hi. Okay. And probably they will show me on TV. <laughs> now, where we go from here, is Putin prepared? Is the Russian military prepared? You mentioned that this would be, could be a long war. And I think I saw a report from Moscow in the last few days saying it could last as long as four years. Are the Russian people and is Russia prepared for that kind of war? Knowing us, is part of the calculation, Dmitry, that the West will get tired, that the West will not be prepared to pay the economic prices it is having to pay, uh, for energy and stuff, is that part of the the thinking on Putin's side? Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, he he's thinking that uh, you know the first person who will be who will get tired, the first actor, yes, get tired from this war, uh, will lose. And unfortunately, sometimes we see signs of uh, this tactic uh, being very successful uh, yes. because the other day. Uh, NATO chief Anders von Grasmussen, I believe, said that um, um, we have to consider uh, giving Ukraine a membership in NATO yes. if they will uh, give some territories to Russia uh, that are under discussion right now. Uh, so this is something that really bothers me uh, because uh, this sort of like um, uh, high-ranked officials, European high-ranked yes. officials, NATO officials uh, saying that it is possible to give some land uh, back to Putin. It, it, it's, uh, it's nonsense. It's unbelievable. And uh, Kiev and President Zelensky, they have said and numerous times uh, that uh, they will never give um, uh, none of their land uh, to Russian president. Uh, so, yes, Russia is preparing to fight for a long time. I'm not sure whether people are ready about that. And I'm not sure if um, they still do have enough money for it. Because as we already discussed, Russian economic is hugely is suffering 
the war in Ukraine. It doesn't feel very well. And uh, we see it from, from the uh, exchange rate of uh, rubble and uh, dollar. And uh, what is uh, rather more important is that um, I'm not sure that Russian oligarchs are still ready and eager to give money to the Ukrainian war. Right. Um, just a final question, Dmitry, about Prigozhin and how significant a figure he is. He is a thug. He is extremely wealthy. He operates in Africa and he is somebody in the West described him as Putin's banker. I'm not sure if that is accurate. But is he a, an important player in this conflict? Not anymore. He uh, was the leader of uh, one of the most powerful uh, private military companies. And uh, let me put it this way. He was the leader of one of the most powerful armies in the world. Uh, armies uh, who are able uh, to... Mm, perform successful storms. Yes. Uh, that's what he did in Bakhmut. Um, mainly because uh, he he's not, uh, he's ready to spend people's lives. And uh, yes. because he doesn't count uh, deaths of his uh, soldiers. Uh, but first of all, um, his uh, PMC has suffered a lot while uh, trying to get uh, Bakhmut. And uh, we know that many, uh, many of his thugs actually die there. And secondly, he's um, taken off from the Ukraine operation right now. There are no PMC Wagner in Ukraine these days. Yes. No, they, they, do, they do not uh, exist there. And uh, he cannot uh, hire people in um, Russian prisons. He cannot uh, send his mercenaries to Ukraine. So now we see him doing some like training stuff in, uh, in Belarus. And uh, he's also doing something that we are not actually sure about, but it, it happens in Africa. So he's not uh, a, 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 an important actor anymore. This is the most important outcome of uh, his coup in um, a region. Uh, yes. we, Prigozhin is out of Ukraine. Let me say it like this. Okay. Uh, just a question about your own feeling now and others, journalists, broadcasters, and also uh, people of your generation who have left uh, Russia. How bad does it feel? Uh, it feels worse these days uh, because uh, one of Russia's most prominent, most decent journalist uh, who lives uh, abroad since the beginning of war, Yelena Kostyuchenko. Uh, she works for uh, Nova Gazeta and a new newspaper. And, yes. um, and the um, editor-in-chief of Nova Gazeta, Dmitry Muratov, got a uh, Nobel Prize uh, last year. Yes. Uh, so she was poisoned in Europe the other day. And uh, well, it, it happened quite a long time ago, but uh, she has published uh, an interview uh, with the details about it. And uh, it's kind of scary for uh, yes. for Russian journalists uh, who are even not in the in, in Russia, who are uh, in Europe, because uh, everybody thought that um, it would be um, a safe place, but uh, it doesn't look like that. Uh, and that actually bothers many of us. And you, everybody, will be watching the United States, uh, Trump, and the American election next year. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dimitri, we're very grateful to you for joining us today from Lithuania, and we wish you well. Uh, Dimitri is uh, chief editor for the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live, and he has guided us through this conflict, and we hope he will continue to do so. We're grateful to Dimitri, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast, Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for Another Bite in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're listening to right now. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively. But not all automation solutions are created equally. AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability. Because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more.